Greetings to all in our listening audience, and welcome to Sheer Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Fellowship of Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My name is Patty Scalzo, and today my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, will be continuing the series on Heavenly Authority in the section on the man of God versus the prophet of God. We take up our study today in the book of Numbers, chapter 22, where the prophet Balaam has gone to meet Balak, king of Moab, who is looking for Balaam to curse God's people, the Israelites. At the end of the program, I will be giving an address where you can write to us. But for now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he ministers God's precious word. Then in verse 39 we read, So Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kijak Hudzat. It's a city of Moab where Balak lives. And then verse 40, Balak offered oxen and sheep, and he sent some to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. So this Balak is a very religious sort of guy. He keeps the program. We've got to say, but who is he making the offerings to? He wants to do a religious show. He wants to tap in to this force of nature, perhaps. So he knows one of the things you do is you make a sacrifice. I don't think Balak's too concerned who you make the sacrifice to. Verse 41, So it was the next day that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal that from there he might observe the extent of the people. He's looking down now over the camp of the Israelites. Baal. Baal was a name of one or more of the false gods, uh, the fertility and nature gods, the Canaanites and the Phoenicians. Baal means Lord. It means master. So it's a perversion on the Lord Yahweh. And it sometimes would designate the local Canaanite deity, usually uh, qualified by a place name, Baal Peor, the Lord of Peor. Or, as here, when it's used by itself, it was referring to the great cosmic nature god. It's Satan. These were demons. And the top of the demons, the top Baal, is Satan. And many times they were worshipped with much sensuality because they wanted to tap into this nature god and manipulate this nature god to get their blessings from him to bless their endeavors. And so Balak's making his offerings. Balaam, we're going to see, wants to offer to Yahweh. It says that Balaam said to Balak in chapter 23, verse 1, Build seven altars for me here, and prepare for me here seven bulls, and seven rams. And Balak did just as Balaam had spoken. And Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand by your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps Yahweh will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a desolate height. And now you see here the muddying. You see here the mingling. You see here the mingling of the way of light and the way of darkness that is so disconcerting. Seven altars, Balaam says, seven bulls, seven rams. And Balaam offers a bull and a ram on each altar. 
even as Abel made the offering, even as Abraham made offerings, even as Jacob made offerings. So this prophet, seven we know from scriptures, is a holy number. And Balaam has knowledge of the ways of God. He sets up seven altars. Balaam is thinking in his mind, Yahweh. But the places where the sacrifices are being made are the high places, the worship places of Baal. What's Balak thinking? Does Balak even care? When Balaam says, perhaps Yahweh will come to meet me. And Yahweh does come. Verse 4 of chapter 23. And God met Balaam and he said to him, I have prepared the seven altars and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. You see here Balaam seeking the Lord's approval for what he's done. Then Yahweh the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak and thus you shall speak. So the Lord puts the word, the word of the Lord in Balaam's mouth. God places the word there. So he returned to him and there he was, there's Balak, standing by his burnt offering, as Balaam told him. And all the princes of Moab are with him. And he took up his oracle and said, and that word for oracle can mean a prophetic discourse, a pithy maxim. Sometimes it's translated parable. Same word is also translated proverb. When you say the Proverbs of Solomon, it's the same word that here is translated oracle. All the princes are there. And then he took up this proverb and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. There a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself among the nations, a different people, not like the rest of the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number one-fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and let my end be like his. If only, if only Balaam's death had been the death of the righteous. Then Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and look, you have blessed them bountifully. So he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak what Yahweh has put in my mouth? Balaam knows his God. He knows the power of God. He knows that the word comes from God. He is a vessel. He can say not but what God tells him to say when he's under the anointing. What a contrast. The anointing, the words are from God. The man's heart is not right with God, and yet God uses him. And God uses him powerfully here to bless Israel. So what now is Balak's response? Does he say, well, this man represents the one true God, and I better give up my curse, and I better bless them, I better make a treaty with this Moses, let him pass through the land, let him go over to the other side of the Jordan? Verse 13 then Balak said to him, Please come with me to another place from which you may see them. You shall see only the outer part of them and shall not see them all. Curse them for me from there. He's saying, well, you saw them. Maybe you saw too much of them. 
Maybe that you couldn't get that, that diviner's stuff up to really put a good zonking curse on them because you got too afraid. Now maybe if I bring it to another location, another high place, you'll only see the tail end of them and you really can get your motor going and curse them for me. Balak has a low image of God. He sees God as a force. He sees the heavenlies as something to be used, manipulated, rituals, sacrifices, something to tap into, some way to get a fortune or a blessing. He has no sense of the living, personal God who created the heavens and the earth, and you're not going to tell him what to do. Rather, you need to be submissive and listen to what he has. You go over there, and you'll curse them over there. And Balaam goes along with him. And you say, how many times does God have to tell a person? A change of scenery is not going to cause anything. Balak is superstitious. He's ignorant of the way of the living God. But Balaam knows what God told him the first time. Don't go, don't curse, they're blessed. He knows that he almost got killed three times by the angel because his way was perverse. And now he's just under the anointing. He's just received the prophecy. A word was put in his mouth and still he goes along with Balak. Verse 14. So he brought him to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. So they keep into the program of the seven altars. And he said to Balak, Balaam says, stand here by your burnt offering while I meet the Lord Yahweh over there. So again, Balaam is standing there all waiting to get that curse on these people. Then Yahweh the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, go back to Balak and thus you shall speak. So he came to him, and there he was, standing by his burnt offering, and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? Balak sounds interested in the things of the Lord. And he took up his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has not observed iniquity to Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness or trouble in Israel. The Lord Yahweh his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox. For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, Oh, what God has done! Look, a people rises like a lioness and lifts itself up like a lion. It shall not lie down until it devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. So again, another powerful prophecy comes forth from the lips of Balaam. God is not a man. Here's the point. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. 
He's not going to change with offerings. He's not going to change with rams and bulls. He's not going to change his mind with money, with words, with charms. If he said it, it's so. He is that he is. If he wills it, he's not like men. He's not a man to lie. He's not a son of man to repent. You can do all your magic. You can do all your runes, all your trials, and you're not going to manipulate him. He is the true God. God is not like men. That's a problem to some people when they approach religion. If they're used to manipulating people their whole lives, they just long to manipulate God. And they get very angry when they can't. And they get very angry at God's servants when God's servants won't give in to their attempts at manipulation. We hope that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you and has helped you in your knowledge of God's holy word. Remember, we love to hear from our listeners. If you have any comments or questions about the program topic, or if you feel led of the Lord to support the evangelical outreach of Shir Jashub, please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jashub, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. That's Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. We invite you to join us for Sunday service. Shia Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the town of Madison on the shoreline in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane. Services include praise and worship, the Lord's Supper, and Bible study. Directions are, take I-95 to exit 61 in Madison, go down to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast when we pick up Pastor Greg's sermon on Heavenly Authority.